Hello, and welcome to the Digital Workspace Works podcast. I'm Ryan Purvis, your host, supported by our producer, Heather Bicknell. In this series, you'll hear stories and opinions from experts in the field, stories from the front lines, the problems they face and how they solve them, the areas they're focused on from technology, people and processes, to the approaches they took that will help you to get to the scripts for the Digital Workspace inner workings. It's been a minute. How have you been? Yeah, it's been a long time. Feels yeah. like ages. I know. I've been good, thanks. I've been good. It's, it has been quite busy. I mean, with um, you know, we're moving into a house here, so we've had to find a house and set it all up. Um, so that's been uh, well, we're moving in next week, so that's been quite entertaining. Um, <laughs> and how are things with you? Good. Uh, I don't know if you can tell that I have a new view here, but I finally set up my standing desk. So however many months after I started talking about it, it's finally here. So that's been fun. And how are you finding it? Uh, I like it a lot. I I feel like it helps me stay a little bit more alert. Um, I just feel a little bit more consistently awake throughout the day, which has been nice. And yeah, otherwise I just feel like it's good to, you know, get up, stretch my legs. Um, yeah, it just wasn't feeling like I, I know I've started to see articles about how people's postures are being affected by the pandemic and the long-term work from home. And I can definitely see why. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you, you're, the, the comment about alertness is, is very important. Um, the other thing is, um, well, something to bear in mind, of course, is that we're, if you're using any of these sort of smart devices, um, it doesn't detect you moving because you rest your wrists usually on the on the counter. Um, so you need to actually move your hands away from the desk as well sometimes. Yeah, I did notice that. I thought I would hit my stand ring just with ease. Um, but I noticed <laughs> the first day I had it on, I missed like four hours because my hands were on the keyboard instead of by my yeah. side so you have to still pay attention to it which is kind yeah. of unfortunate yeah but it's good it's good for you um there was actually something else you the other day saying that there's no evidence that standing all day helps you more than, than sitting so you need to find a balance between the two um i don't know i, I, prefer, I find that, that the the alertness piece is definitely there yeah and i have i haven't um I still need to get just a regular standing mat. So right now I have the balance board that it came with. So I am like forced to shift around um, a little bit, which is actually good. I, I don't like to stand in one spot for too long. I'm kind of fidgety. So kind yeah. Of, yeah, yeah, no, good, good. Well, I wish you many happy hours of standing. Thank you. And then I can finally use my new, uh, my new webcam at a normal angle. It's just, it's all come together. Fantastic, fantastic. Cool. So we wanted to ch- couple, uh, chat about a couple things today. Yeah, so I, I know you wanted to chat about interim CIO work today. So maybe you could just kick us off with uh, how this came about. Yeah, so, so it's not just interim. It's also what they call fractional. Um, so, so I'm involved in a few groups, as I mentioned before. And... You know, something that I've noticed going up in my career as well is 
sometimes you don't need a um, a heavy hitter to come into your business for a long period of time. You need them for a short period of time. And I, and I say heavy hitter, you know, using the sort of baseball analogy of you need someone in to come here to hit a, hit a home run um, to clear the bases or to score. You know, you want that big match temperament. Um, but then the rest of the team still has to do the normal things. Um, so where this has come from for me is, and something that I'm doing as well, is the opportunity to go in and help a business for a short period of time. It could be six months, could be a year, it could be part-time, it could be, uh, you know, it could be a year, two days a week, it could be uh, six months full-time. Um, but you bring in your experience, um, you help them get on the path, you get them through some some milestones, and then you basically hand it back to either you help them hire someone to to replace you that's more um, potentially uh, culturally fitted to the business um, might might be a difference in, in cost as well or it might be geographically different you might have someone you know you might you know I'm based in, in London normally or West Sussex but I've been helping a company here in South Africa so when I go back to the UK they want someone local that they can see to help them through um, what they're doing. So, so the, the sort of interim thing, as I said, you know, is what it is. It's a short-term engagement. I have a short-term that could be, um, or it could be fractional. It could be one or two days a week, but you're really bringing something to the party that, that they couldn't necessarily get, um, full-time. Um, but they get the value as well. Uh, and that's, that's really the crux of it, I think. So what's the normal, what are the, like the sets of scenarios where a company might bring in, an interim or a fractional CIO? Is it is it usually when someone's left or maybe they haven't had a CIO in the past and they are they just you know need one for a short term? It, it, it those are those are both good examples of of exactly that. So um, you know I'm talking to a company at the moment. They they've had someone in place for a long time. He hasn't done a great job. Um, they realise that they need to hire someone to come in for the long term. Um, but in the short term, they need to fix a whole lot of stuff because they've got regula- regulatory problems they've got to address. Um, so that's that's potentially where I go in, um, you know, one day a week. But they've got a, they've got an operational team, they've got an engineering team to do all the stuff, but they just need direction um, on, where, on where to focus. And then part of that process is to help them hire. They're gonna, they'll, they'll go find the candidates through a search company. Um, but they'll want me to help them choose the right person. Um, and, and it's a role that I wouldn't, I wouldn't want personally full-time, which suits me as well, because I don't get, you know, I'm not, I would no conflict in the sense of, well, none of you guys are good because I want the job. It's a case of, well, I'm, I know I'm not the right fit, but I can help you with this problem. But then we'll put someone in place that, that at least I can test them based on knowing the environment, which is always the other difficult thing is, is getting to know the environment. So if that comes off, that's that's a good example. Um, the other one would be they've never had one before. So so they need to justify it maybe to the board or to shareholders that they need one. So they, what they'll do is they'll run like a test, um, a six month or a year test where they'll pay at a premium, um, someone to come in and and show them the value and then if they see the value, they'll say, okay, now we, now we understand. Now we'll bring somebody in. Um, there's other use cases as well. Um, you know, you might have an acquisition and um, you've got two competing 
CIOs or CTOs, and you don't necessarily want to give it to either one of them. You want someone independent to come in and and do the the merger, um, and then then again help decide on who's the right person for the for the job. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, as I say, it's it's a it's a nice flexible consulting engagement where you are, you know, the, the boundaries are pretty clear. Yeah. No, that's interesting. So, what what are the kind of things that people do as interim or fractional CIOs? Is it typically centered around one big project, or um, can people kind of come in and decide? what the work is that needs to be done. Yeah, I mean, I use the, 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 the favorite IT phrase, it depends. Um, and it, and so, so I've come in, you know, once with an organization that uh, was going in one direction, uh, the CEO wanted to go a different direction, but he didn't want to create a political uh, or religious argument about it. So, so I came in and did an audit, um, came back to the sort of board, presented what I'd found and, and what I what I thought was the, the direction of travel, um, and that ended up being a, a year of changing where the business went um, by building out a new product in the in the suite, um, and that allows so so instead of having trying to move the whole organisation to this new direction, we took a small a small team built a new product and then slowly pulled the teams in behind that new product. Um, to align the business in the right direction. So, so that's, a, that's a good example of, of one that I've been involved in you know, a couple of years ago. Um, another one is that I'm looking at at the moment is they've, they've had a head of product. They now realize they need someone a little bit more strategic, um, but they don't know what they need. You know, is it a CTO? Is it a CIO? Um, they don't, and, then, and they don't know if it's going to be um, if the person they've got can step up, so uh, I potentially come in, fill the role for a couple of, a couple of days a week, coach the the person below, see if that person's the right person, and if not, then look at hiring in someone else uh, on top of them. So yeah, it varies. I mean, basically, you're 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 a mercenary uh, in the nicest sense, um, going into for a mission um, that's clearly bounded. You know, I'm here to do this thing, um, and when that's done. Uh, either the, either there's a new mission, or I'm or I'm, I, I leave and say thank you, and it's great. We we'll keep in touch. Um, it all depends. Do you find there are, um, sort of consistencies that um, help you get up to speed and like ground in each new environment, or is it really just a mixed bag and you know surprises every time? Um. Yeah, I think I think it'd be very arrogant to say that they're all the same, and you can and you can pick it up in a couple of hours and whatever. Mm-hmm. I think every environment is going to be different, purely because you've got different people involved, different personalities. You will you will see common um, patterns of things, uh, and there we and there will be questions you ask every time because you want to you want to get a lay of the land. You always want to have a picture um, to to what the environment's got, so. Um, you also want to talk to the business a lot. You want to understand what their expectations are. Um, usually that's where I would start anyway. It's just, just trying to get their view on everything um, and trying to understand usually where their frustrations or their um, their pain is. 
and then sort of work that backwards towards what's the landscape. Because sometimes your, your biggest problem is is the way that, that IT has been set up, um, which is usually as a rigid um, organization that doesn't respond well to change, um, which is ironic because, you know, technology changes all the time. Um, but the frustration the business typically has is that they want to do something and IT can't meet that demand and usually says no, so they go around IT. And then you end up with with shadow IT, which is the business going and buying a whole bunch of stuff on their credit cards and expecting it all to magically merge together when they wanted to. Um, yeah, that's that's sort of one one scenario. Yeah. Um, so who who would you say is a good fit to work as um, you know in this role, either fractionally or? as an interim CIO, um, are there certain, you know, qualities that you think help? Like, can people do it on top of their, um, existing roles? Um, how do people get into sort of this line of work? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, this is very much a network driven, uh, industry. Um, you might, you will have some, some headhunters or, or research searches that will, will find these roles, you know, they've been appointed, et cetera, but usually it comes through a, a contact, um, who, who they've, they've been contacted by someone else or know someone or whatever it is, and they've realized they're not a good fit. Um, and it, and it comes down, I mean, to answer your question on sort of personality, it's someone that can talk to the business, but also talk to the technical folk. Um, almost a translation layer um, needs to be presentable to to the business, you know, at all levels, um, and then be able to set out, you know, based on understanding what's going on, be able to set out the direction of travel, and not necessarily how to get there all the time, but be able to get that how out of the people involved, because usually the people have the answers. Um, you just need someone to to articulate that to the decision makers. Um, and that's that's usually how these things work. Um, you asked the third question in there. Um, um, I think just how you know who. I mean, you said it, it mostly comes through networks, so maybe people can't really proactively uh, search for these things as much. Well, but, yes, mm-hmm. you will see them advertised. I mean, there are a lot of interim roles, um, but the ones that I, I'm mostly seeing are the ones that I've been contacted. Or I've seen someone in one of my groups post something, and I've had oh, you know, that could be that could help there. Um, and you have a chat with the person, and then you see if there's a synergy. Um, you know, it's like going for a cup of coffee and saying, "Well, what's your problem? Okay, yes, I can help you." Or it's not really my thing, but you know, John, John over there, or Jane, they're better suited. Let me let me put you in contact with them, and then you know, hopefully it comes off. How do you how do you find the time uh, for all of these things, Ryan? This is just a broader question. <laughs> um, well, well, I'm only, uh, you know, with Hilo, I'm only part-time. So a couple of days a week anyway. So I've got the extra day or two here and there to do this stuff. Um, it all depends on on the demand. You know, sometimes you've, you've got to work the, work the late nights or the early mornings to, to do something. Um, but you've got to be very conscious. You know, that's why I say it's very nice if, if you go into the role it's not, it's not a full-time job where, you know, you're just going to get paid a salary or whatever it is and, and you're there five days a week. Um, often you're cutting it based on what your availability is and what their budget is um, and what the expectations are. And you're saying, okay, great, for this thing, I can do, you know, five days a month for X, X number and this is your output at the end of it. Um, 
and if it changes, then you know we we talk about changes. Uh, it's not it's not a typical like I say, just because it's it's not it's not a um, what's the word a consulting agreement where you you pay for, you know one day a week at a day rate and whatever happens in that day in 24 hours I'll deliver you know nonstop. It's usually a results orientated delivery. Do you feel like your background in consulting has, you know, has assisted you uh, in this kind of thing? Um, yeah, I think I've been lucky in the sense that my my career started off not. I mean, I started as a developer, but but even before that, I was always doing salesy things, always selling some idea to somebody. So, um, I think that's always helped. And as I went through my sort of system integrator world of going into customers, hearing what their problems were, trying to solve them. That has always has always helped me. Um, and even when I moved to the UK and I flipped over to the, the client side, you were still selling internally, um, but you also, do, you know, in, in both cases, you're always delivering as well. So you always had to believe in what you was, you're doing um, and also taking the pain and the learnings from doing something so that, you know, that's the experience that you really give into these organizations. So when you do in and go in and I say there's patterns, you can say, okay, so you want to move everything to the cloud. There's a pattern to doing that where, you know, you're not just moving, lifting and shifting on premise to cloud. You're redesigning the application to use cloud capabilities because you want to get the benefits of moving to the cloud. Otherwise, you know, what's the point? You might as well just stay on premise in some cases. Um, so, yeah, I think it's all led to this in, in, sh in a short answer. Are there any uh, particular projects um, or any of these initiatives that you'd like to uh, dig into more? Um, were there any that stood out? Um, so the one that I can probably talk about is is the single decisions one. I mean, the rest are, I'm still under NDA on, so I can't. Um, but that, that was a good one because, you know, that was a business that had been doing something for 20 years one way, realized that they needed to make a change, um, which is to go the analytics route or provide a service with, and, and this was packaging up their IP um, into a product with their people. Um, and that's, you know, they went from, from being called one, one name, which was PayWizard, which is the original business name, to the new name, which is Singular Decisions. Uh, and the product is called Singular. Um, and in fact, that's something that I still want to do is get Bavish on here to, to talk about it, because that is a the great example of a business that was brick and mortar, a call center, to now being a software as a service platform um, with customers using their software. Um, and he's done that in, you know, three, three, four years. Do you think, has remote working made it easier for people to, um, you know, find, you know, find people to step in as a CIO. How, do you, do you feel like people are opening up there? You know, you mentioned, um, the company you're working with in South Africa, that having someone local is important. Um, but I'd imagine that people are looking broader as well and, um, sort of opened up that, that world. <laughs> Yeah, I think, I mean, I think you've got to be pretty naive to think that you can only find good talent in your geolocation. Um, so, so you know, a lot of these companies are, I'm still talking to back in the UK, um, even though I'm down here in, in South Africa, because, you know, my, you know, this is not maybe an arrogant, but my skills and knowledge will help them. So it doesn't matter that I'm not there every day. 
um, nine to five. And, and in fairness, most of them are still locked down, so it wouldn't matter anyway. Um, but I think you honestly can look probably plus or minus three hours, maybe maybe longer, to, you know, to work with somebody. Someone's going to have to put in some late nights and early mornings if, if the geographic time zones don't work out. But if that gets you a better result in the end, um, then, you know, it's worth it probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, these guys in, in SA, you know, just happen to say, you know, we really want someone local, but that's just a comfort level. You know, if, if they couldn't find someone and, and, you know, if we build a good relationship, there would still be a case where they'd phone me and talk and like, a, you know, we talk on the phone every day anyway. So, um, you know, what's the difference? And it's not a lot of time for me. It's, you know, it's half an hour a week. Um, you know, it's, you know, it could still work that way. Yeah. Um, so what are some things you learned from these experiences? Um, it's to me, it's mostly on the, on the people side. Um, and, and this comes back to the point that I think most of the times the answer is there. <clears throat> you just got to listen for it. Um, and you've almost got to let everyone, you know, a lot of the times you're coming in there and the people that, that have, have the answers haven't been given the opportunity to, to talk it out or, or they've shared it, but they haven't shared it out in the right way. So they haven't bit, they haven't been taken seriously. And you sort of know it's happening when someone turns on and goes, well, I told them to do this years ago and they didn't do it. You know, here we are now and now they brought you in to come and tell us that, tell us what we already knew. You know, it's, it's that kind of, you know, openness and honesty that I, that I, you know, I look forward to getting. And I think that's where the, the face-to-face stuff is, is, is missing. Um, because you want to have an, an honest conversation that's, you know, honestly off the record. But you know, the minute you're on a, on a video, people feel like they are on, on the spot. Whereas a more casual conversation, you know, going for a walk, having a cup of coffee across the table, you know, loosening up, um, that stuff is missing. Um, but other than that, it's, it's you know, learning the policy, you know, you, your, your questions get better. Uh, you, you ask better questions when you come in. Um, you also learn from seeing some mistakes that you wouldn't have made. You know, you would have known. Uh, I say, you know, your, your best practice, you would never have done that in your head. But now you've seen someone who's done that. Now you can see the, the cause and effect of doing it that way. And sometimes some of those things you think are best practices that are actually things you never do turn out to not be that good a practice because actually the other way it does work just as well. It has different benefits. You learn those things. So, so I always liken it to playing poker. Um, you only get good at playing poker the more more hands you play against more people that you play against um, and more variations that you play because then you start seeing little nuances that you hadn't seen before and, and that sort of thing. So it's, it's, it's a continual learning environment, that's for sure. I think the, uh, the comments about... Um, you know, a lot of it being about people and culture and sort of these entrenched ideas about what works and what doesn't. And maybe the things that people have, you know, raised, (laughs) raised a flag for again and again, that get pushed to the side that the year then the one to actually, um, you know, helping that across the finish line is so, um, yeah, it, it rings well, so true. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a, there's another side to it, which is some you also can learn to pick your battles, um, which I you know I was always told that, but I never really learned how to do that, because we, you know coming back to this usually being a, a a ring fence thing, you don't get involved in some of the politics around some stuff, um, but you're also not there to solve everyone's problems, 
but sometimes the, the solution is to make, make there a way for those problems to be captured so they can be treated. Um, so it could be, you know, like putting in a, a risk management framework where people can raise risks, those risks can be accepted, they can be treated or they can be ignored. Um, but at least now it's, now it's tracked as opposed to just people moaning about it. And, and that's sometimes the constructive thing that you do is, is you, add, you add frameworks to handle things. Um, same as ideation, you know, everyone has an idea for a product uh, or improvements to the product, but how do those things get into the pipeline, into the backlog? How do they get prioritized up the, uh, into the actual build? Um, and how do they actually get, del- you know, delivered? So you need to, you know, that's that's the stuff that you, that's your experience coming in to say, okay, well, this is how we've done it somewhere else. Maybe that'll work here. Yeah. Um, it, this is reminding me of, and I've been trying to remember this for um, like 10 minutes. So maybe you'll remember and you can remind me, but the conversation we had um, with Mark Chillingworth, um, the CIO writer, and he talked about these two kinds of CIOs, one on the more of the product side. And then who was, was the other one? Yeah, who was the other one? Do you remember what the other kind of persona was? I can't remember really called it, but it's probably the more internally focused CIO, CTO versus the externally focused CIO, CTO. So product versus infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mo- most of us, um, when I say most of us, we're sort of CIOs, CTOs kind of do both all the time. And then you'll find there's a, um, a usually a sub role or, or, a, or a division that's created, which would be then a, a CTO or a CDO, chief digital officer or, or a tech lead or a head of technology or something, or, you know, whatever the, the label is. But what you realize pretty quickly is these roles are quite broad and you can't do them all on your own. You need good teams and good people um, to take, take different initiatives on and you're really just keeping, it's, it's like a conductor, you're just keeping everything in harmony so the music sounds right. Um, or at least plays a tune that's, that's, the, that's, a, that's a appealing as opposed to painful. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, well, unless there's anything else you wanted to, any, do you feel like we uh, covered everything or is there any other aspect of this that um, you think could be interesting to talk about? Well, well, I think, I mean, to, to your point, how do people find these things? I mean, if anyone ever wanted mm-hmm. to chat to me about it, they're more than welcome to reach out. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's as simple as, you know, sometimes you we talk about it here a lot. So you're going, you have a, a barbecue or a bra, as we would say, and a guy's saying to you across the, the fire, you know, geez, I'd love to build this app. How would I do it? Now there's the, there's a conversation like that, which is usually, you know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and then goes nowhere or it's a follow up. And so, well, let's whiteboard that out. Let's actually go and see if there's an idea there. Um, it, it sometimes starts like that. And I think, it, I think today's, uh, in today's age, it's, it's so easy to reach out and talk to someone, um, whereas before it wasn't, you know, so to do it, you know, if, if you've got an idea or you've got a problem in the office, reach out. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Heather Bicknell is our producer and editor. Thank you, Heather, for your hard work on this episode. Please subscribe to the series and rate us on iTunes or the Google Play Store. Follow us on Twitter at the DWW Podcast. The show notes and transcripts will be available on the website, www.digitalworkspace.works. 
Please also visit our website, www.digitalworkspace.works, and subscribe to our newsletter. And lastly, if you found this episode useful, please share with your friends or colleagues.